Yes, Merry Christmas, everybody. My name is Brandon. I'm one of the pastors here at Legacy. Uh, whether you're joining us right here in the sanctuary or on a screen, we're so glad you chose to spend part of your Christmas with us. Hope you're having a great time with your friends and family so far this season. It was Christmas Eve 1968, it was 55 years ago. Apollo 8 became the first humans to orbit the moon. That evening, during the most watched television event at that point in history, they sent back the very first, the very first live images of Earth as seen from the moon. As they were coming around the moon, Earth was rising on the horizon and they got to see this. At the end of the broadcast, Three astronauts took turns reading from the story of Genesis in our Bibles, talking about the creation of the world. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be waters and space and animals and people, and there was just because God spoke it. They ended the broadcast like this. From the crew of Apollo 8, we close with good night, good luck, Merry Christmas, and God bless all of you all of you on the good earth. Such a great and appropriate use of scripture for the first glimpse, at least of this view of our home from the heavens. The image that you're looking at is aptly titled Earth Rise. It, we look so beautiful and peaceful there, don't we? Good earth. But is it really good earth? I mean, it doesn't take a deep look at the beautiful blue marble to find places of pain and suffering in the world. And this is by no means an exhaustive list. Severe flooding in Nigeria, earthquake recovery in Turkey, war relief in Ukraine, refugee support in Syria, typhoon recovery in Alaska, and of course, continuing conflict in the Middle East happening in Bethlehem, where Christmas took place originally, and the whole region where Jesus' Jesus' life took place. That's just a sampling. We look upon the world, we see our news feeds, we watch the news, we wonder in our heads and out loud, God, do you even care? Do you not see all the pain and suffering and hurt in the world? Why aren't you doing something about it? Not to mention all the hurt and suffering in our own lives. Inflation taking a bite out of all of our living expenses and pay for some struggling to even keep up. Relationships we thought would last a lifetime, that breaks apart. People we thought we knew so well, suddenly we don't really know them at all. Alcohol and drug abuse breaking apart friends and family, regardless of whether or not it's the holidays. Anxiety and depression making it a struggle just to get through the day. And then, and then there are times we are separated by loved ones through death. Death, whether it comes as a thief in the night or something prepared years for, it still shocks, it still hurts, it still marks us deeply, permanently, and forever. Even though we're the people that believe in the new heaven and the new earth that we'll be with our loved ones again after death, we still deeply grieve now, even knowing what's to come. I mean, just look at our own lives and we wonder in our heads and out loud, God, do you even care? Do you not see all the pain and hurt and suffering in my life? Why are you doing something to help me? Tonight, we celebrate, again, a turning point in history. We do this every Christmas to answer this question, does God really care? 
Every year, we remember the arrival of a baby in the backwater corner of the Roman Empire. You could not have found this place on a map in this time period if you wanted to. It's the story about a person we should know absolutely nothing about. And it happened 2,000 years ago, and this story has been retold and told since the day it first happened. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who is now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Luke, the writer of this biography of Jesus' life, takes pain to tell us, look, friends, this stuff actually happened. A baby was born when Quirinius was governing Syria. It happened in these real locations in Bethlehem and Nazareth. Two people not yet married, Joseph and Mary, they give birth to a son. Not in a house because the whole extended family is in town for the census, and so there's no room for them, so they likely, Mary gives birth to Jesus in a first century parking garage a stable for animals, because that's all the space they had. Why are we following this story of a baby born 2,000 years ago in a place no one then could find on a map? While babies are cute and cuddly, and also at times stinky and smelly, why is this one of interest to us 2,000 years later? With our own lives that are complicated and painful, in a world that is complex and difficult and looking for peacemakers to lead the way in so many parts of our good earth. That night, there were shepherds staying in their fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Okay, so this is no ordinary baby. This baby, both cuddly and stinky, cute and smelly, smiley and drooly, is the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, God of the universe in the flesh. Now let that sink in just for a minute. God who made the stars in the sky sleeping in a manger meant to feed animals. God who made our good earth needing to be burped. God who sent galaxies spinning needed to be rocked back to sleep. The one the Israelites have waited generations for has finally arrived. The one to bring wholeness and healing to individual lives and the whole nation has come. But it's even a bigger mission than they realize. Not just wholeness and healing to that people, that nation, but for the whole world, every human being in every nation on the good earth. 
It is incredibly noteworthy this baby's arrival is first announced not to the wealthy, not to the powerful, not to the privileged, but to some shepherds considered the lowest in their day. And they received the message by an angelic production worthy of the greatest people on the planet. Why? Because it does not matter your station. It does not matter your status. It does not matter your place in life. God cares for you deeply. God cares for you deeply. Friends, does God really care about you? Does God really care about me? Unequivocally, absolutely, yes. We don't worship a God who stands apart, who simply watches the world go by like those astronauts on Apollo 8, just watching the earth at a distance. God does not simply stand back as people make good decisions and bad decisions, who simply wait to see how things will play out, and God places bets on what we're going to do. Every Christmas, we celebrate and remember the fact God loved us so much that God came down not only to be with us, but to fix the very mess we made of the good earth God created. God wants to be involved in our lives and in the world. God's simply waiting to be invited into yours. Jesus never forces himself on anyone. Meredith Miller is a pastor and author. She puts it like this. She writes, Christmas is not here to offer a four-week escape from the pain of the world with a paper-thin layer of twinkle lights. It is not here to anesthetize us with bows and eggnog lattes. Christmas is not offering us the chance to escape the ache of life through the pile of presents. Christmas is God saying, yes, this pain is too much. Yes, it is too sad. Yes, the ache is too great. Hang on. I will carry it with you. God created the world in us whole, without brokenness, without sin, a world of peace. But sin, brokenness, suffering entered the picture due to the choices humans made. And immediately, that very moment, God goes to work to reconnect us with God, to restore that relationship, to mend that connection, culminating in God coming to earth in Jesus to show us how to live, die, and rise again for us, to destroy death once and for all. Christmas, friends, is God saying, yes, this pain is too much. Yes, this is too sad. Yes, the ache is too great. Hang on. I'll come carry it with you. That simple and powerful scripture that so many of us know that we memorized so long ago, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, would have been absolutely radical and transformative when it was first heard 2,000 years ago. What do you mean God loves? What do you mean the gods care? That's not what gods do. You might remember uh, studying the gods, the Greek and Roman gods in school. Our kids have just gone through units studying about Greek and Roman gods. And it's amazing to read about what Greeks and Romans taught about their gods. In the first century, the notion that God loves you would have puzzled and confused people. The idea that gods cared about how we treat one another, that would have been absurd. It would have been absolutely crazy. That's not what gods do. Gods fight. Gods don't show mercy or grace. Gods dominate each other. And humans are just collateral damage in the gods' cosmic battle and conflicts. Followers of Jesus come along and they teach mercy. 
They teach that a merciful God requires us to be merciful. That was absolutely revolutionary stuff. To a first century Roman citizen, that's world changing. You can't even really fit that in your worldview, in your box, that a merciful God requires you to be merciful. That a graceful God requires you to be graceful. That a loving God requires you to be loving. It's the stuff revolutions are made of. It's the stuff that transforms lives then and still today. Does God really care? Yes, God absolutely cares when you hurt. God cares when you suffer. God cares when people you love are no longer connected to you. God cares when your anxiety runs so high and it feels like the world's on fire and nobody else seems to notice. God cares about you. God wants to be in your life. Christmas is God saying, yes, this pain is too much. Yes, it's too sad. Yes, the ache is too great. Hang on. I'll come carry it with you. So God cares about me. God cares about you. What now? In a complex, complicated, painful world and lives that feel pretty much that way at times, how do we live? Let's remind ourselves what the shepherds go do after their incredible angelic production they got to see. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village. They found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and the angel, what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart. She thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. It was just as the angel had told them. You know, I can't help but picture Mary and Joseph trying to get a new baby to sleep. I love all of the commentary this time of the year on the song, The Little Drummer Boy. As one person noted, Mary, exhausted, having just gotten Jesus to sleep, is approached by a young man who thinks to himself, what this girl needs is a drum solo. <laughs> I, lo I love it. <laughs> now, I feel like this might have been similar with the shepherds. Mary and Joseph just trying to get a moment of calm with this new baby, and suddenly these loud, boisterous, chatty shepherds just burst into the stable, talking a mile a minute. Joseph probably jumps up to protect Mary on instinct and Jesus just because it was such a surprise. The shepherds share all that God has done in their midst, and then they go back to their work. They go back to the night shift. They go back to guarding the sheep as they were hired to do. They go back to their jobs. They go do, back to doing what they do with a new perspective, with a change of heart. If they didn't know it before, now they know God cares deeply about them. Yes, even lowly shepherds. They know doing the same work, God cares for them deeply. It changes them. Their work doesn't change. They're still taking care of the sheep but they are changed. They have a new perspective. They're transformed because they know God cares deeply for them. God cares deeply for everyone, and they can now share the story of how God cares. 
So just like the shepherds, Christmas can be a time of transformation for us. God cares about every single person on this good earth we inhabit together. Now we should go live like it. Just as God God has shown us mercy and grace and love, we should go show mercy and grace and love to all those we encounter. We are people that lived loved. We are loved by God, so we go and love others because we are loved first. So friends, live loved. As we are called and gifted, we also go and we bring the message of Christmas. God has come near. God is for us in even the most darkest places on the planet. We know where they are. We know where people feel lost, abandoned, and alone. We can be the messengers, much like the shepherds, They are not alone. They are not abandoned. They are found because God sees them. God really cares about them. We know because God really cares about us. One of the Apollo 8 astronauts, Bill Anders, said they'd prepared to explore the moon, but they ended up discovering Earth instead. Christmas can do that for us. Help us to see earth. Help us to see each other from a different perspective, a heavenly one, maybe one we haven't seen before. So much of our time we spend with things right in front of us. And sometimes our day-to-day view can be much more oriented to the darkness around us than God's love and God's care for us. Much like our social media feeds, they get curated by what we click on, by what we dwell on, by what we linger on. We need to tweak the algorithm in our own lives, not to deny the darkness in the world, but to remain aware of God's love and care in the midst of it, to let Christmas transform how we see the world. That helps us to know where we engage, where we can bring love and care and hope to the darkness, not just in the world, but in our own lives and the lives of others. Friends, does God really care about us? Christmas answers unequivocally and empathetically, yes, invite Jesus into your daily lives, running around and seeing how your perspective shifts, not denying the darkness in the world, but by seeing God's love and care for the whole world, and you bring the light. It might be a tiny bit of light. It might be just a little flicker in a vast world of darkness, but as we soon are going to see, it only takes a little bit of light to push back a whole lot of darkness. Live loved and watch how Jesus transforms you, others, and the world. Let's pray together. Loving God, we give you thanks for Jesus. We give you thanks for Christmas, for loving every human being so much that everyone, everyone who's ever lived, that you would come to be one of us, that you would be born, show us how to live and die and rise again, so that evil and death are conquered once and for all. After our celebrations are complete, may we go back into our work, back into our lives, confident that you love us and share that love and care to all that we meet in the ways you have gifted us to do so. It is in the name of Jesus we pray together. Amen.